Hey podcast fam, it's Ben here from my friends over at Baseballism. Founded by four former college baseball players and teammates, their love and passion for the game did not stop after leaving the playing field. An amazing organization founded on the beliefs of class, tradition, and the history of baseball. I personally shop at Baseballism because of the quality of their products and the top of the line customer service I get each and every time. Take it from me, an avid hat lover. Baseballism is not your run of the mill apparel company. Check them out at any of their fine locations or visit them online at baseballism.com. Baseballism, built for the love of the game. Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him (laughs) in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your hosts, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Diamonds of Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. This week, we got a great episode for you and next week. But before we get to that episode, we're going to just jump in and uh, thank our sponsor, Big League Chew. If you haven't had yourself some Big League Chew, go out and get it. Great shredded bubble gum. My personal favorite is grape and watermelon. So jump in, get yourself some great Hall of Fame bubble gum, Big League Chew. Well... As I mentioned, we got a great episode for you. As always, this week and next, we're going to be interviewing Coach Ian Sanderson. Um, and Coach Sanderson has had a great career. But uh, before we jump into that, uh, welcome, Coach. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's uh, exciting to be on. I'm excited to have a conversation and ready to roll. I think we first met uh, this past summer. And I believe you were down in Ridgefield for the inaugural season of the Ridgefield Raptors, but you were coaching for the Victoria Harbor Cats. And uh, I watched you. I think the first interaction I watched was you uh, showing some kids how to how to just spin the ball a little bit differently. Yeah, we were down in uh, Ridgefield. It was actually after a, a travel day, so everybody was a little on edge because it was our uh, sixth game in a row. And we had just traveled uh, 12 hours or 10 hours because we had to take the ferry from Victoria. Mm-hmm. So everybody was a little bit on edge. And I believe you were coming down to get a ball signed by everybody to take to some auction, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. We were uh, bringing it down to the Northwest Scout game so we could uh, raffle it off to help raise some money. Yeah, and that young man I was working with is a kid named Jack Hyde. Um, he's a freshman at the University of San Diego. Um, true freshman, so he was he was young, you know, first time away from California, first time away from mom and dad. He got a little bit of an awakening what college baseball is. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was just watching and your your instruction with him and how you were working with him and and just how he, he you know after a little bit how he was kind of changing it and was you know snapping a little bit better, getting a little bit more onto it. So I was just it was interesting, but that that was my first experience of actually getting to. Uh, introduce myself to you and at first i was like man i, I don't want to mess with this guy <laughs> looks like he ripped me in half or something 
No, uh, between the lines, you know, sometimes it, you know, when I'm working, I try to stay as focused as possible. And sometimes that comes off as, you know, me not paying attention, but I think I owe, owe the kids, you know, my, my full attention at that moment. So that's where it really comes from is it's, it's not a personal thing. I'm a pretty easy, easy going laid back guy. Um, but just when it's time to work with, with, with players, it's, it's time to work. Yeah, it totally. And, and I, you know, uh, I can appreciate that. And, uh, I just I, I I say that jokingly because uh, yeah. yeah it just I, I was it was great to see just how into it you were and how how much you were working with those kids so anyways but with that said uh, thanks for thanks for joining us I know you just got got done doing some great stuff for for your current school um, but before we before we jump into modern times with you I wanna uh, I wanna take a step back and uh, I want to talk to you about. Um, some your early years with baseball and I want to talk about professional baseball first because I want to know what was what was that one first experience that you had um, for professional baseball was it watching it on tv or was it actually going to a game actually it was it was listening on the radio or seeing the one game a week that we would get on tv out of my parents house as a kid Um, we lived out in the middle of nowhere where cable wasn't accessible. So all we had was an antenna on top of the chimney uh, to hopefully got over the trees. And so I would get uh, maybe one game a week. And that's what I remember. And I remember listening to a lot of baseball games uh, with my parents, you know, specifically my dad outside doing something, the radio going. And that was where all of it came into play. Mm -hmm. And then the first game I ever went to, um, I believe was when my cousin was playing for WSU baseball back in 80, 89. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and, uh, grandparents had tickets, you know, they lived in Pullman. Um, so I spent a lot of time over there. They were season ticket holders back when coach, coach Braden, Bobo Braden was over there. Um, so that was kind of my first experience of baseball. Mm-hmm. I really want to jump back into that radio a game that uh, you, you're talking about. Listen, do you recall um, what who was who was on that game? Like, meaning, like what teams are playing? Uh, it was the Seattle Mariners. Okay, and I can't tell you who else it was because it was, you know, it was Dave Niehaus. Uh Again, living out in the woods, you were limited a little bit on um, the stations and all that kind of stuff you got. So luckily, yeah. we were in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what? Was that like the, you know, as far as that experience, you know, where you're, who you listen to with your, you said, I think you said your dad, were you listen to it with your father? Yeah, for the most part. Was, now, um, was he kind of explaining some of those things, you know, the nuances of the game with you? Not until we started watching it as it got a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time I remember listening to it, it was, we were doing something whether it was cleaning up the yard, doing something in the house to clean up. It was just kind of more background noise at first. Mm-hmm. And then once we were able to watch, then I remember um, that's when he started explaining things. Yeah. Was he, did he, was he really excited about being able to like talk to you and share with you something maybe that he really enjoyed and, and you could see that coming out in his like expressions and, and, and how he was talking to you about it? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I'm the, I'm the only boy uh, in the family. I have three sisters. 
Um, so there was that different type of a bond. Um, obviously loves my sisters, but when you get a chance to have a son, I think that changes um, a little bit. You get a little bit more proud to pass on some of your love of things uh, to the next to your son. And I think that's where he was at with it. Mm-hmm. You just be able to pass on um, some of his knowledge, whether he felt it was um, deep knowledge or he felt like it was limited knowledge, you know, able to pass it on. Yeah, was your dad a uh, a Mariner fan? I'm more of a baseball guy, you know. To yeah. be honest, uh, I mean, we watched baseball. Uh, we'd watch the Mariners, um, but I don't think he was, you know, he was a big Tacoma Rainiers fan because he grew up in Tacoma. And when I remember his stories of him sneaking up into the trees out in right field in Cheney Stadium and watching games from out there, so they didn't have to pay to get in. <laughs> nice, you know, a lot of you lot know, of, so, a lot of those older guys. A lot have... of big league guys come through there. Yeah, back a, in the day, a lot of those older guys have some of those stories of sneaking into or figuring out games when uh, they they're not getting into it. So yeah, and you know that was the AAA affiliate for multiple teams, and so you know you saw a lot of a lot of players come through there. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as uh, that first experience of going to Pullman, what what was that like for you? Do you recall that? You know, I don't really remember it until I was a little bit older, probably um, seven, eight years old, maybe, with a cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents had box seats right behind the plate, down on the dirt, and uh, my grandfather would give quarters to every kid that would bring back foul balls, <laughs> and did that all the time, and so... That was kind of the first, you know, the memory is, is Grandpa Healy rolling um, rolling out quarters for kids who get foul balls, and then we give them back to the baseball program. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, your, your first major league game, um, what was that experience like walking into the ballpark for you? Man, it's, uh, you know, coming from a smaller town, you don't see a lot of major things i guess you know mm-hmm. big buildings and all that kind of stuff and so going in there it was a little bit overwhelming i guess is you know excitement but you don't know kind of what to do because yeah. you know you're used to you know being in smaller you know one story buildings you know maybe two story buildings and then you see the lights of the city and then you get into the stadium and it's it feels like it's 10 times bigger than every baseball field you've ever been on. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of the dimensions, you know, are very similar. Um, it was very, um, I guess for lack of a better term, unreal to see that this game that I was starting to, you know, love is, is at this big level. And I had idolized it as something that was, you know, like I said, 10 times bigger than the field actually was. Yeah. Who is, uh, who is that one key player when you were growing up that you may or may not have had or been able to see that you uh, just kind of looked up to from a baseball perspective? Well, I mean, I was able to see some older video, but uh, Nolan Ryan is one of them. Um, probably, you know, probably the number one guy for a couple of reasons. I mean, that guy was 40-some years old and tougher nails and let everybody know that he was pretty tough. And when it was between the lines, it was time to go. When he was off the field, that's when you could kind of have a conversation with him. Um, And he was kind of the guy that started that, you know, 
the velocity trend. You know, he was he was one of those first guys that were in the upper nines. And, you know, one of my favorite moments and, you know, not a lot of people like this one is when he kind of took it to Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura's 23 years old running out against a 40-something-year-old man. Yep. And all you see is Nolan set down his glove and invite him to come on out. I remember that. Uh, that was that was a few days ago, but uh, that was one of those, what did you say, like iconic baseball moments? It's like bring it, it on really, moments. For me, it was. Yeah. Um, and that's where, for me, that's kind of how you got to take it on. It doesn't matter. You may get beat. And, you know, you got to take that to the mound. And I want to try to instill in a lot of young men is what I took from that is I may get beat. But I'm going to go down giving it my best shot before I get beat. Exactly. And it's, you know, one of those things that uh, young bucks in the game trying to bring it to one of the uh, the veterans of the game. And he's just like, all right, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. And it was no no hesitation until, you know, there's one point, And maybe I've kind of idolized this a little bit too much. But you see Nolan, Nolan Ryan set his stuff down. Robin Ventura's face kind of changes a little bit like. You know, maybe I made a mistake on my way halfway out here. I get to about 35 feet realizing this might have been a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, I, that is a, that's a good good takeaway from that experience. This was not a good decision, but I have to. He, he, but you it got felt to like he had to, Yeah, he had to follow through. There's just no like <laughs> stopping at that point because either no one's coming after you or you got to keep going. So, um, but when let's let's talk into let's get back into you as an individual, what was that, uh, what's your first memory of you actually getting involved in the game of baseball itself? First one I remember was probably 11, 10, 11 years old. Um, kind of bigger than every kid was able to throw hard at, you know, that 35, 40 feet mark, whatever, you know, literally is back then. I don't know if too much has changed then, but you know, it wasn't that deep and, you know, kids always asking me and coaches, you know, is, are we sure this kid's old enough uh, or young enough to be on this team? And, you know, it was, it was exciting to have success in that realm after envisioning a lot of, you know, seeing the Nolan Ryan, seeing the Griffies, seeing Randy Johnson and watching all that stuff to be, okay, I'm out here doing the same thing they are. Again, they're, I feel like they're doing it on a, humongous scale but that success early uh was the first thing i remember just mowing a bunch of hitters down with you know looking back on a very average fastball but at 11 years old wasn't very average was pitching like your first i guess position that you really wanted to jump in and play yeah um i think from the early age, you know, seeing my, uh, my my cousin play over at WSU was a pitcher there. And the most of the interactions as far as guys that I looked up to in baseball, you know, he was one of them being a you know, young kid and a guy that was, you know, playing Division One baseball and over for the Cougs. And and that was it. And I, and I don't think I was ever a very comfortable hitter. And so pitching just came very natural. Were you just like, because I, I know when I was in Little League, it was only like throw fastballs, and then the ref would come, ump would come out and say, hey, 
you know, are you trying to throw a curveball or whatever? Uh, don't be doing that. And you ever was it just for straight fastballs for you, or were you able to throw some different uh, pitches in there? Fastball changeup. That was it. Um, I was pretty well um, told not to throw anything spinning until um, a specific age, which I I, I can't remember if it was thirteen or fourteen. Um, and then I had to be taught how to throw, um, a true 12, six curveball, um, by somebody that was, um, you know, kind of a professional. And if it didn't work and there was any pain, then I had to stop. Um, other than that, sliders weren't really a thing when I was coming up, um, for young kids, it wasn't the, you know, the big sexy pitch was that big 12, six. Um, and a changeup. The slider really wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't a thing. So those were the only pitches I actually really even knew about was the the curveball, changeup, and fastball. Yeah. What was uh, what's what's like one early memory that you have that sticks with you to this day of your time playing little league? Huh. You know, that's. I remember we were twelve years old. And we made the all-star team. And, you know, being in Mason County, it wasn't a huge pool. And so they hadn't been past a certain uh, round in, I think, the history of that Little League setup. And we got one game past that. And I remember going afterwards and celebrating at um, my buddy's house that they were on on a lake. And, you know, all the families were out hanging out and um we ended up losing the next two and being done um but we'd gotten farther than any other team and i just remember that group of guys we stayed together through high school you know played together from about 12 years old on Mm -hmm. and and that's the biggest piece that i recall man i don't I, i don't remember a lot of my playing accomplishments to be honest mm -hmm. with you um I just remember a lot of the experiences that we had as a group. Yeah, I remember you know a lot of those experiences that I had, and and again, like you, it involved like the team and and what how the team was either successful or not successful. But um, you know, I I recall those. Now let's talk about um, what point were you beginning to be like? It's clicking for me a little bit, and I'm 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 hooked. Um. You know, I'd say from what I remember, it was 11, 12 years old. Um, it was probably before that. I just don't recall. Um, but it was dad get off work. Hey, let's play some catch. Hit me some ground balls. Hit me some fly balls. Um, you know, and, you know, looking back on it, that stuff was pretty insane for him to do. Um, you know, working in construction, coming home at 5 a.m. Uh, leaving at 5 a.m. getting home at 5 p.m. and before dinner starts, we're outside doing something baseball-wise. Um, you know, so that was it was early and it, it never went away. You know, it's one of those things. Once you catch it, man, it it ne- doesn't go away. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I got a quick story when I when I was younger. I remember doing something similar, but except you know, my it was with my brother and. My dad was inside. I had an old two two older brothers. My but my oldest brother was wanting me to pitch for them, 
and uh, he was catching, and then so, for some reason the ball got away from me, and I threw the ball through the window of the house. My dad was, you know, pretty irate with that. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few. You know, me and my own, I broke a window in his back of his truck. Um, <laughs> uh, he was catching at one point. Ball got away from him, knocked, chipped a tooth, maybe knocked one out. Oh, you know, there's, geez. yeah. So there's, so everybody you know, has those stories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I luckily it was the old truck that didn't quite matter at the time. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't as upset, but the tooth may have got him once or twice. <laughs> so let's jump into uh, let's jump into your high school years. And uh, where did you go to high school at? Shelton, Washington. Mm-hmm. And what was you know, that? Uh, what was that program like when you uh, when you first started? Um, it was a new head coach as a freshman. Um, and so I, I don't know much about it. I know there was, you know, social media back then wasn't a thing. Um, when I went to high school, so you couldn't go back and look at the records, you know, the tweets and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there were some good, good seniors. I do remember that a couple guys went on and played, um, in the NWAC, um, um, a couple went on and played at Central. Um, you know, the the opportunity for Division One back then wasn't as big in the Northwest. Um, with you know, Oregon didn't have a program at that time uh, when I was coming, just getting into high school, and so you know, Central was kind of a place to be. And um, you know, our program at at Shelton was kind of up and down, to be honest. It was a blue collar. Um, blue collar town but it was ups and downs and you know so i mean we had to work for everything we had um grinded it out and so had a good experience the first first couple years you know played a little bit of varsity here and there not much um i to be honest i wasn't a very good player overall um physical ability just wouldn't allow it um, and then we had another coach come in senior year um, by the name of Todd Naskadov. Um, he's kind of bounced around, and now he's in the Astros organization. Um, and I remember that's where the the passion for the coaching piece kind of took another step forward. Because um, I knew physically it was the game wasn't going to be around for me to play for very long. Yeah. But – you know, having to coach, that's the way to be in the game. And mm-hmm. so that's where all of it kind of started to click a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, you you talk coaching, and I know we'll get that probably in our next episode, but for, for this episode and, and the purposes of that, what was it about, about this coach that set him apart from the others? Um, there was a couple of things. I think the demeanor of how – he spoke to me. It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was dumbed down. He was trying to bring us as a group, but then specifically me and a few other guys that he would talk to, he would try to bring us up to his level as far as the knowledge of baseball. He didn't dumb it down and make us feel like we weren't smart enough to understand the concept. And so for me, that was where, you know, he peaked, uh, peaked an interest of 
wanting to dive farther into information. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where he's actually teaching you how to be a good student, but you're in high school and you don't really equate that to being a good student. Um, but having, having him being able to bring me along as far as taking me to a different level and not letting me just be at the same level, he forced that issue. And that was, um, exciting. And that's exactly how we got into it. Just, um, didn't talk down at us, brought us up. Now, would you say that you carry some of what he taught you forward into what you're doing now? Yeah. You know, I, I like to make sure that I bring guys into a higher level of learning than what they came in with when they are, you know, here at the college level with us at the junior college level, because they've got another step to make. And this game is the best game in the world, but it's also the toughest game in the world because it doesn't care who you are, or whatever it's, it's going to pass you by if you let it. And that's why I don't want our guys to get passed by. So I try to bring them up. And that's exactly where it came from is, um, you know, exactly how he talked to us is I want a certain standard. And now I'm going to make you get up to my standard and we'll move forward. And that's exactly how we, I'd like to do it here as well. Yeah. Well, we get to this, uh, the time of the, the podcast that we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. But before we do that, I got... I got three questions that I usually like to to ask to get to know you a little bit better than uh, what we are. Some of them a little quirky, some of them just for fun. (laughs) So the first question is, if you were going to be a superhero and you could choose between the two, who would, well, let's say three, would you be Batman, Spider-Man, or Superman? Uh, I'd have to go... Batman. <laughs> why why Batman over the the other two? Um I just remember Batman being the coolest one when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't really recall seeing a lot of other ones, you know, the Batman um cartoons and he was kind of cool, man. He had a cave. Mm-hmm. He drove into the side of a hill, you know, and I don't know, had the cool car and Yeah. You know, he was quiet and he was kind of I don't know, man. It was just—he's the biggest one I remember, to yeah. be honest. Totally. If uh, so, staying on like the movie side of things, if you could have one actor to play you, who would it be? Man, I don't know if I wish that on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably Will Ferrell. Okay. Because he plays a pretty serious guy well, but also can get a little bit goofy. Mm-hmm. And and also, I just think he's really funny. Yeah. I think Seth Rogen could rep you pretty well. Uh, that's a good one. I, I'll, I'd change my mind there. Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he would be great. Um, so last last question before we take a quick break, and that is, what's your favorite baseball movie? Uh, I mean, it's, it's gotta be Sandlot. Yeah. Um, that's the first baseball movie I remember. Mm -hmm. And to still to this day, 
I watch it a couple times a year. Yeah. Now, everybody I've spoken to about the Sandlot, and usually that's kind of off off the air or whatever, and that is is that it's more of you see yourself as those one of those players that's on that team. Is that, that kind of how you envisioned the movie? Kind of. I also it? just remember getting the neighbor kids, you know, like going out and playing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily representing one of those kids, but I just remember the – Hey, let's go outside and play for hours upon end. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was my whole childhood. Just let's go outside and play. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, with uh, Coach Sanderson here, and uh, we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. What's going on, podcast family? Ben here for Devo Bag Company. Rooted in eastern Washington, Devo uses nothing but the highest quality maple, ash, birch on the market. You know what? It makes a difference. At Devo Bats, they take pride in the craftsmanship that goes into each and every wooden bat produced. Your success at the plate is their ultimate priority. They want you to know when you think of bats, Think of Devo Bats. Devo Bats, your Northwest supplier of affordable quality wooden bats. Have you ever seen an advertisement for the Hitting Vault but can't quite figure out what it is? Get a one on one consultation with my man Travis at the Hitting Vault for more information. That's T R A V I S at the hittingvault.com learn how the most trusted online baseball and softball hitting instruction can make you a better coach and or player today the hitting vault unlock your power (coughs) all right we are back coach ian sanderson lower columbia community college Uh, we learned a lot about coach sanderson in his younger days and up into his high school. Um, and when we last kind of left off, you were, you know, you were talking a little bit about how, it, you know, you were kind of got to the point where you're like, okay, I mean, I may not be like athletically there, but, you know, coaching might be my thing. So you're in high school um, and you're, are you at, at a point where you're like, I, I'm going to go to college or, or what, where, where are you at at that point? So when I got to the end of high school, I wasn't ready to be done playing baseball yet. Um, and so I was lucky enough to get a chance to play in the NWAC. Um, I went to Grace Harbor, um, you know, and, and and that's what kind of where I was, was you went to the two-year route. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do as far as a degree, as far as being in the college. And, you know, I went to, went to Grace Harbor, didn't play very much. Wasn't, like I said, wasn't very good. Um, physically, I, I just wasn't able to do certain things. Um, you know, as, you know, going back to when I was younger, it was part of the reason is, you know, being born with uh, juvenile spinal muscular atrophy. It doesn't allow you to do certain things physically. 
And so I felt really fortunate to be able to be at a junior college. Um, no matter what people think or say about, you know, the level of it, the, the wins and losses, it was bigger than that for me. Um, and so went there for two years and, you know, did my best and realized really quick it was time to move on, especially playing against lower Columbia and seeing how uh, dominant they were back in the early 2000s. And yeah, um, so it's it's a quick eye opener when you face that really good talent. Like, yeah, my time's done in this game. What are some things that you took away? What are some some things that you took away from that experience uh, at, at community college? Um, from a baseball perspective baseball is it's the NWAC is the most in my opinion one of the most unique leagues in the entire country Um, double headers two days a week get your games in wood bat Um, and so for me going there it was you've got to be really tough mentally as well as physically, but the mental side of the toughness here at, at this level is above and beyond what I think some other places have. And so that was the toughest one is learning how to move past the failures, um, you know, and beating it at a place that didn't have the best win-loss record. There was a lot of chances for that failure. Um, and so just the mental toughness and – learning from that mistake or failure was your, was my biggest takeaway from the junior college experience as a player is just the, the toughness and learning. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're having to overcome your, your, your medical issue and being able to play. What did, what's, what's one thing that, I mean, you, you talked about it a little bit and I just want to jump back into it. Um, you know, is that experience as a whole, has that kind of given you a different perspective as a following on as a coach in, in, in what you're, you've been doing and, and how you, you know, look and evaluate other student athletes out there? Um, yes and no. I think times have changed a little bit. So if I was to take my, you know, majority of my experience as a player into nowadays, um, uh, one, I don't think I'd have a job. Uh, and two, I don't think it would work. I don't think you can be successful with overall your experience as a player. And I, I know that's kind of a weird thing to talk about or express, but my experience was a little bit different because of the, the excitement I was just, uh, to have to be there, excited to be there not having an idea that I could go on anywhere. Um, And so I've had to change my mindset now on the coaching side is my goal is to get guys here um, on on our team and then move forward. Um, And so the mental toughness, yes, is, is something that stayed, but, you know, I've had to kind of carve a different way in coaching, I think, in, you know, transitioning from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. What's uh, what's something that if you could go back and tell your younger self, let's say high school level, 
what would what would that be? The biggest one is um, there, there's two major things that I would go back and tell myself is one academics are more important than you think. And I know that sounds super cliche and any kid that hears that's going to say, Oh, every coach says that, but no, I just, I didn't take the, the academic piece that seriously in high school, even though I was eligible and you know, everything I could do to play. Um, looking back on it, I think I dwindled some opportunities early because of my lack of um, focus in the classroom and also the off season work. You can't be a, you can't be a spring to spring player. You can't be a spring to summer player. Um, not necessarily playing baseball all year round, but staying in condition weights, um, train, training the speed and agility, stuff like that. And, you know, the last one is, Enjoy it a little bit more. Enjoy it a little bit more. Don't focus so much on the result. Enjoy the, you know, the cut grass, the smell of that, the taking the bus rides with your buddies, um, camping trips to go play in a tournament, and all, and all fifteen families are all camped out. Enjoy that stuff more at the, in the moment than having to wait till years past. You had some really good advice, and uh, you know some of that. I wish I would go back in and tell myself, um, as far as sticking with it uh, and, and enjoying each and every moment, because you're not going to get it back again, as we you know we all see. But you know you're only you know you're only with your you're either, well you're with your friends on an early age for for years. And then it just abruptly ends when you get done with school and you, you all essentially go your own separate ways. But, you know, those are some friendships you make for a lifetime. So, yeah, I like, I yeah. like what you have to say there. You know, the junior college route, too. I mean, I think I think you do so many crazy things at the junior college level. That's where some of the best friends in the world you end up with. Mm -hmm. I'm still tight. I mean, we were wearing a great team back in in my college playing days. But I'm still really good friends with a lot of these guys in the weddings, at the weddings, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so that junior, that's the junior college route really pushes that friendship or pushes you in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's some good advice. And uh, we're going to we're going to end it right there because uh, I want to take our next episode that we have a coach Sanderson. And then jump into his coaching days because there's a lot of really cool experience that he's had that he currently has and that is upcoming for him. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into that in our next episode. But uh, thanks for taking your time uh, to talk with us, Coach. I appreciate it. Oh, it's been fun, man. Uh, I appreciate it, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds of Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben, and you have a great day wherever you are at. And next week, you're going to catch us back here with Coach Sanderson. So, peace out.